I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Well, by golly, there's silver in them hills. It's high noon for Monday, February 1st, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. Or join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. I'm also kind of on Gab. I use it a little bit. I check in on it every now and then. I'll drop some posts in there. It'll happen. So today is the 12th full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly and embarrassingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, has been the figurehead of one of the worst families ever in existence with the world's most despicable degenerate son. And he sold American policy for money to corporations and our foreign adversaries for 50 years. Congratulations, America. You did it. Hope and change. Now, let's get into it with some COVID-related sound. Here's a little blast from Dr. Anthony Fauci for your Monday afternoon. And also some other clips. This is from something called the News Junkies cartoons. There's some little clips in here, and I'll try to fill you in on when these clips are from. Here we go. Well, the reason for that is that we were concerned, the public health community, and many people were saying this, were concerned that it was at a time when personal protective equipment, including the N95 masks and the surgical masks, were in very short supply. And we wanted to make sure that the people, namely the healthcare workers, who were brave enough to put themselves in a harm ways to take care of people who you know were infected with the coronavirus, and the danger of them getting infected, we did not want them to be without the equipment that they needed. So there was not enthusiasm about going out and everybody buying a mask or getting a mask. We were afraid that that would deter away from the people who really needed it. Now we have masks. We know that you don't need an N95 if you're a person, ordinary person in the street. We also know that simple cloth coverings that many people have can work as well as a mask in many cases. 
February 2020. But with the scare of the coronavirus, many people have been running to the store to buy face masks similar to this one to protect themselves. Now, this mask protects against airborne hazards, and those stores have been running out or even running low on these. But health officials say they don't know if these masks will actually help you. The CDC recommends only people with the coronavirus symptoms wear a mask, not the healthy people trying to prevent themselves from getting sick. April 2020. General mask wearing probably won't help because what's needed is the sophisticated N95 mask, the one in short supply for frontline medical staff. The N95 mask has adequate filtration for viruses. If you wear a surgical mask, uh, that doesn't provide adequate uh, protection. But when we get in a situation where we have enough masks, I believe there will be some very serious consideration about more broadening this recommendation of using masks. We're not there yet, but I think we're close to coming to some determination. The Chicago Medical Society is worried that a call for general mask wearing will reduce social distancing and soon will be like Spain, where healthcare workers make up an out of proportion 14% of COVID cases. Surgical masks are not that effective either. If you sneeze, that prevents the droplets from going out at a very small angle, doesn't prevent it from going out the side of your mask. But the head of the Chinese CDC says America may be making a mistake by not mandating mask usage. And an American researcher says 38 scientific papers back that up. Uh, my concern is that people will uh, feel a false sense of security using a type of mask that may not protect others from their illness. June 2020. We also know that simple cloth coverings that many people have can work as well as a mask in many cases. So why did I play that? Well, because just one week ago, Anthony Fauci said it's just common sense to put on an extra mask. If one mask works, then two must work better, except one mask doesn't work. And so two masks don't actually do anything except demarcate the person wearing them as a complete fucking moron. But that video was very interesting. Anthony Fauci himself said that the reason we lied to you was because we didn't want the PPE to go away. And then in the same passage actually said that N95 masks are not necessary for normal, healthy people. And of course, we know that because no mask is necessary. This is the most moronic undertaking in the history of the world, perhaps. But throughout that three-minute clip, or whatever it was, not one time did they actually say that the masks we wear do anything. And of course that's true. There's no data suggesting anywhere in the world that masking has made a difference. What did suggest that? The Chinese CDC, who, by the way, receives funding from our CDC. How does that happen? Well, it's through complete corruption and complicity. I don't know how there is any person in existence who trusts and believes Anthony Fauci, especially not Jen Psaki, who always makes sure to say that 
their COVID recommendations are right in line with Dr. Fauci. But all of this is nonsense. You can hear it. You can listen with their own words. They are telling you they are liars. Okay. And I've gone through the thing about lying about the PPE. Yes, it was obviously a lie at the time. It is a so much worse lie now. There is no reason whatsoever that if little cloth masks or wrapping a bandana around your face like I do, there's no reason why if those things worked, they weren't told to us immediately. And of course, they don't work. Even you you heard a doctor on there saying that surgical masks also don't work. The N95 can provide some protection, but that's the exact mask that Anthony Fauci said wasn't necessary for people. Because the truth is no mask is necessary. This is a lie from the bottom. Lie on top of lie on top of lie on top of lie. There is no truth down at the bottom. The only truth that they rely on down at the bottom is that a droplet may come out of your mouth upon sneezing or coughing or I guess close talking. And that could go in someone's mouth or eye, and then they might get COVID, except the person sneezing probably doesn't have COVID. No big deal, right? I mean, it's the science, right? So Anthony Fauci, after recommending double masks, now has said there is no data that that is going to make a difference. And of course, there's no data about that because no lab in the world would probably even take that suggestion seriously. Imagine spending money to study whether two masks work better than one mask. Imagine employing (laughs) career scientists who did like seven years of college and have now worked hard for 10 or 20 years, they get an email on Monday morning like, hey, Dave, (laughs) hey, Dave, you're going to have to uh, let us know if there's any evidence that uh, two cloth masks might work better than one cloth mask in terms of preventing viral spread. Even though we know one mask doesn't do anything to prevent viral spread. That's a bad day for Dave. How's he supposed to set up that study? Are we all going to just still pretend that COVID is some brand new thing that operates differently than other viruses? Like, why are we subjecting ourselves to being surrounded by utter stupidity? And total dishonesty all the time. And what about the people who actually still love this? They just want all of it all the time. Give me more. Dishonesty, give me more. Tell me more tasks that I have to accomplish. I'll do it. Four masks, got it. But I only am going to do this for you, Anthony, Tony, as good old Criminal Joe likes to call him. I'm only going to do this for you, Tony, 
if you give me permission to be a horrifically immoral person to everyone else who doesn't follow your orders. If, if I'm allowed to do that, then you got it. I will mask my asshole and penis just in case. I will wear masks across my entire body. I will be the first in line for the Chinese anal swab test. Swab my anus. That's what it all comes down to, right? Like, let's see if we can make these people stupid and weak enough that we can just stick things up their ass before they're allowed to do normal daily tasks. Want to go on a plane? Bend over. Want to go to a concert? Bend over. You want to go to your job so you can make money? Well, you can't unless you agree to bend over. But once you do that, all good. You can pretty much do whatever you want until we decide there's some stuff that you can't do or until we decide that there's something worse than having something stuck up your ass to figure out if you have a cold. But as long as you let us stick things in your ass, you can do whatever you want. And of course, what we really have with the commies in big tech and politics and media is not a bunch of people who are actually looking forward to the anal swab. They are only looking forward to the anal swab policy, knowing that they will never have to be the ones getting things stuck in their anus. Unless that becomes... A Facebook policy. Like maybe that's how you you log into your Facebook. It's like the iPhone's uh, facial recognition software, except, you know, not for your face. And we can just leave it at that. Because I've talked too much about assholes. And when I say that, I'm talking about physical assholes. Because we can talk about metaphorical assholes all day. I mean, I started the show with Anthony Fauci's own voice. We got there from moment one. But how about some other assholes? Let's meet the Facebook Oversight Board. Now, this is from January 28th. Oversightboard.com is their location, by the way. This is their case decision. Regarding the taking down of posts that discuss positively the efficacy of hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for the coronavirus. Case summary. The Oversight Board has overturned Facebook's decision to remove a post which it claimed, quote, contributes to the risk of imminent physical harm, unquote. The board found Facebook's misinformation and imminent harm rule parentheses, part of its violence and incitement community standard to be inappropriately vague and recommended, among other things, that the company create a new community standard on health misinformation. Really hammering them there about the case. 
In October 2020, a user posted a video and accompanying text in French in a public Facebook group related to COVID-19. The post alleged a scandal at the Agence Nationale de Sécurité du Médicament. If my French pronunciation sucks, so what? The French agency responsible for regulating health products, which refused to authorize hydroxychloroquine combined with azithromycin for use against COVID-19, but authorized and promoted remdesivir. The user criticized the lack of a health strategy in France and stated that uh, Didier Raoul's cure is being used elsewhere to save lives. The user's post also questioned what society had to lose by allowing doctors to prescribe in an emergency a harmless drug when the first symptoms of COVID-19 appeared. In its referral to the board, Facebook cited this case as an example of the challenges of addressing the risk of offline harm that can be caused by misinformation about the COVID-19 pandemic. All right, let's pause. Let's talk about it. So, yeah, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I'm not French. Do I speak French? No. Did I respond to that in French? I'll leave that for you to decide. So hydroxychloroquine combined with azithromycin, they refused to authorize that, but they did authorize remdesivir, which we have since found out does not do anything. While hydroxychloroquine, of course, does. And because they brought it up, let's just highlight the challenges of addressing the risk of offline harm that can be caused by misinformation, because clearly Facebook is extremely concerned about that. Key findings. Facebook removed the content for violating its misinformation and imminent harm rule which is part of its violence and incitement community standard. Finding the post contributed to the risk of imminent physical harm during a global pandemic. Facebook explained that it removed the post as it contained claims that a cure for COVID-19 exists. The company concluded that this could lead people to ignore health guidance or attempt to self-medicate. And hopefully they would for fuck's sake, because the readily ever presently available hydroxychloroquine actually works. Self-medicating was literally better than doing what Anthony Fauci says. And that is indisputably true. Anthony Fauci has done very little except lie and exacerbate this fraud and scandal. Whereas hydroxychloroquine has saved people's lives. Continuing. The board observed that in this post, the user was opposing a governmental policy and aimed to change that policy. Good for him or her. The combination of medicines that the post claims constitute a cure are not available without a prescription in France, and the content does not encourage people to buy or take drugs without a prescription. Considering these and other contextual factors, the board noted that Facebook had not demonstrated the post would rise to the level of imminent harm as required by its own rule and community standards. The board also found that Facebook's decision did not comply with international human rights standards on limiting freedom of expression. 
Given that Facebook has a range of tools to deal with misinformation, such as providing users with additional context, the company failed to demonstrate why it did not choose a less intrusive option than removing the content. The board also found Facebook's misinformation and imminent harm rule, which this post is said to have violated, to be inappropriately vague and inconsistent with international human rights standards. A patchwork of policies found on different parts of Facebook's website make it difficult for users to understand what content is prohibited. Changes to Facebook's COVID-19 policies announced in the company's newsroom have not always been reflected in its community standards, while some of these changes even appear to contradict them. Okay. Going to come back to some of this. But the idea that Facebook has a standard in place that is not only inappropriately vague, as we all know, but also inconsistent with international human rights standards. The freedom of expression. This goes right to the heart of what Facebook has been doing for years now. They make up these policies. They try to give them some actual relevance in the world. They try to support it either through statements of experts or some random study, or something politicians say, or an interpretation they have of what's best for the community. And then they freely censor whatever the hell they want. Their own oversight board says this is a violation of international human rights standards. It is inconsistent with international human rights standards rephrased, that sounds an awful lot like Facebook is violating people's own human rights. Shocker. The Oversight Board's decision. The Oversight Board overturns Facebook's decision to remove the content and requires that the post be restored. In a policy advisory statement, the board recommends that Facebook, one, create a new community standard on health misinformation, consolidating and clarifying the existing rules in one place. This should define key terms such as misinformation. Two, adopt less intrusive means of enforcing its health misinformation policies where the content does not reach Facebook's threshold of imminent physical harm. Three, increase transparency around how it moderates health misinformation, including publishing a transparency report on how the community standards have been enforced during the COVID-19 pandemic. This recommendation draws upon the public comments the board received. So you can read the full report if you want. Just search on Quant or DuckDuckGo or something, not Google probably. Uh, Facebook Oversight Board Hydroxychloroquine. You should have no problem finding it. But everything I just read is absolutely insane. I mean, this is a batshit, bizarro world, Orwellian kind of thing. The idea that Facebook has standards on health misinformation is already stunning. And the fact that we have just incorporated the idea that these platforms should be able to limit speech 
over concerns about health misinformation was our first mistake. That is an idea we never should have adopted. And it's compounded by the fact that our CDC is corrupt and working with China. We were lied to for over a year about the origin of the virus, which was the Wuhan Institute of Virology and not bat soup, although they are trying to make that the story again. And then they're going to say it was the U.S. actually that came up with it. We've been lied to limitlessly by Anthony Fauci and the media, the media who no longer has the coronavirus death count on TV, the media who will not mention that Joe Biden has already fake presided over 40,000 COVID deaths because we count everything as a COVID death now, even though those clearly weren't all COVID deaths and neither were the 400 some odd thousand before. That number is nowhere close to that. But if we're going to use that number, then it's as applicable to Joe Biden as it is to Donald Trump. So now Joe Biden has killed an entire baseball stadium worth of people from the coronavirus, from his mismanagement. I mean, he did lose 20 million vaccine doses, right? I mean, Joe had the plan, the plan, the plan. Everything will open again as soon as we get Joe in there with the plan. One of the worst parts about the people who voted for Joe Biden and still are pretending that that was a good idea is the fact that they know he's not making any of these decisions. And they thought that was okay because it was just worth getting Trump out. Doesn't matter that now no one is accountable for pretty much anything. Doesn't matter that Jen Psaki is just a grade A moron who can't even lie well. Most of like the people on Team Evil are at least competent liars. Like look at Obama. He really like put his soul into it. He was like, hey, you're going to believe me because of the, the goodness that I project. And you'll see right through my words. They'll just disappear. They'll float off in like sparkly fairy dust. And you'll see through all my words into the golden pastures of paradise. And the world will be saved. But Jen Psaki is like a incompetent Houdini who's always trying to get out of questions and moves on once she thinks she has and then tries to like practice up for tomorrow. So it just happens again. It's like a groundhog day of stupidity. Every time the white house press briefing room is open, but let's circle back Jen to Facebook. So They released this oversight board report on January 28th about a post in October 
of 2020. So we got three or four months here between that post getting taken down and this oversight board decision coming down. And what was the result? Oh, that the post gets restored. So the post from four months ago gets restored, which obviously no one will ever see. And no one will really care about this Facebook oversight decision, but they're going to make some corrections about their handling of health misinformation on the website. Now, what I'd really like to know is what the oversight board thinks of the two doctors in Bakersfield who posted a video of a press conference they did, which I believe was last April. It might have been late March. I think it was sometime in April. But they talked about how misleading the statistics were. They talked about the actual virus. That all got taken down for the same reasons. None of that was misinformation. And then they took down Dr. Simone Gold and the frontline doctors because they gave a press conference on the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine, which has now been proven all over the world. This is one of those things that is no longer in dispute, okay? And at some point, Team Kami has got to come to terms with this. Like, these people have never admitted they're wrong about anything. They just lie. Then when the lie is exposed, they cover up for it, say it was for our own good, and then everyone moves on. But the fact that hydroxychloroquine wasn't used from the beginning was a corrupt and dishonest decision that they made for the benefit of the pharmaceutical companies who make the treatments and the vaccines and nothing else. We know lives could have been saved. And instead, they told us it was dangerous for people's hearts. We know lives could have been saved. Countries around the world who take hydroxychloroquine regularly because they have to deal with malaria and hydroxychloroquine is an anti-malarial. They did better on the coronavirus. It's not a mystery as to why. So we have Fauci, Maskies, Commies, Obamis, and Romneys in office, Twitter, Facebook, and the entirety of the media, all complicit in covering up a treatment that is effective against the quote-unquote global pandemic. Where is the outrage from all of the grandma savers? Where is the outrage from all the maskies who actually really don't like wearing their masks? They're just doing it for, for all of us as a favor. I mean, even that aspect of their action is exposed. They are not doing it to help people because you have to be a moron to believe that it's helping people. They're doing it for show and they're doing it so that they can appear virtuous and there is nothing else. 
Corporations are doing it and forcing their employees to do it so that they can evade any sort of liability. Although to even be held liable for that, you'd have to go to court and prove that masks actually did something and they don't. I mean, we just listened to Anthony Fauci say that N95 masks shouldn't be worn by normal people. We heard them talk about how the CDC didn't recommend masks for healthy people. So don't use any masks. Definitely no need to use the good masks, but now also wear four masks. The state media is the effective psyop. Stop talking about QAnon completely media. This is so stupid. The psyop is the media. That's the only way you can get otherwise normal people to be so stupid and so wrong all the time and yet still so self-righteous about it. How does anyone believe that Joe Biden got 81 million votes? You listen to these people. They lie all the time. Everything they say is provably wrong. And they still go with it. No big deal. So at the end of last week, Friday, I believe the sentencing hearing finally happened for Kevin Kleinsmith, who was found guilty of forging a CIA document. And he got probation and a $100 fine. And this happened after the sentencing hearing was delayed until after the inauguration, you know, so that we can get the real competent people in there to properly try cases. He forged a CIA document, probation and a $100 fine. There are people in this country who have been punished harder for refusing to wear masks that don't work. This is where we are. And the crazy thing is down the line, six months, a year, five years from now, some brain dead commie is going to look back on this case and tell their brain dead commie friends, oh, yeah, well, I mean, that Kleinsmith thing was just bullshit. I mean, it has to be. They only gave him probation and a $100 fine. If it was a big deal, they would have done something. Because that's how logic works for them. And in their little commie child brains, this is actually an application of a very dull Occam's razor. They think the simplest explanation is that the story was just wrong. And that's why he was only punished with like two slaps on the wrist from Joe Biden's enfeebled, brittle hands. Rather than spending the rest of his life in prison as he should. Because he participated in the undermining of the American government. Willfully, intentionally, he was caught and found guilty. They gave him a $100 fine and probation. But the simplest explanation is not that the whole thing was bullshit. The simplest explanation is that they're corrupt. And that applies basically across the board at this point. 
Like we think the things that happen in other countries can't happen here. We think the things that happened in history can't happen here. That is because of the state media psyop. It's been so effective that we imagine ourselves inside this perfect little American bubble where so long as our mood is okay, that means everything in the country is going swimmingly. And that's, of course, what you'd have to think, to think that, for instance, Barack Obama was a good president or that Joe Biden is even president, much less a competent one. We don't imagine that we could become a third world country, even though we're watching blue states in blue cities become exactly that. We don't imagine hyperinflation, even though it may be right around the corner. We don't imagine wars on our soil, even while that's exactly what's being threatened. And Joe Biden's weakness and compromise to China is making that all the more likely. We don't imagine politicians having body doubles, but we know Saddam Hussein had them. Why is it impossible that Hillary Clinton does? We need to start seeing ourselves as parts of the real world again. And right now I'm talking to communists who probably aren't listening, but maybe you'll be able to uh, relay them the message because you'll still see them on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, places where I'm no longer welcome. But it's all just revisionist history. Kevin Kleinsmith was guilty and should have been punished. And instead, he has 400 hours of community service, which I'm sure he will serve in coordination with one of our corrupt law enforcement agencies. And he'll probably be getting grants on the side. So it really won't be community service at all. He'll just have a job for a couple of months that he doesn't like. I'm sure he'll find a way to corrupt that institution as well. And now the last thing that I want to talk about is a very interesting development this weekend in Myanmar. And I'm going to read the Kami version so I won't seem biased. And this is from the commies over at NPR. February 1st, Bill Chappell. Chappell. Oh, by the way, I have to say something about Friday. I totally forgot about this. It turns out that that CNN headline that I was referring to about internet white supremacist gamers like attacking a Jewish hedge fund on International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Somebody told me that that headline was actually fake. And if it was, damn, you wrote a good fake headline because that is right in line with what the rest of the mainstream media was saying about that event. Uh, but anyway, back to Myanmar and the communists at, the, at uh, NPR. Myanmar's military seized control of the country Monday, detaining the country's de facto leader, Aung San Suu Kyi. I'm, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I hope I did. It's certainly not my intention to mispronounce. Got to say that for the people out there who get offended. Detaining the country's de facto leader and declaring a state of emergency. The military has claimed election fraud in the November vote. 
in which many members of its party lost. The coup ousted Suu Kyi and other members of her National League for Democracy party as the parliament was poised to convene and form a new government. Instead, the Tatmadaw, Myanmar's military, announced it was taking over the country's government. The parliament session had originally been scheduled for Monday, but it was recently postponed for one day because of rumors of a coup attempt. An unknown number of activists and human rights advocates were reportedly arrested on Monday, along with Suu Kyi, President Win Myint, and other politicians. The Tatmada says the state of emergency will last until a new election is held one year from now. In the meantime, it has installed Commander-in-Chief Min Ong Hlaing in power. In a letter published on an official NLD Facebook page that is attributed to Suu Kyi, she told Myanmar's public to, quote, protest against the coup, unquote, according to a translation by the BBC. She also told supporters not to accept a return to the military dictatorship that ended 10 years ago. The coup is being condemned on the international stage as Myanmar appears on the precipice of a return to military rule that controlled the country for decades. President Biden said in a statement that the coup, quote, will necessitate an immediate review, unquote, of whether sanctions against Myanmar should be reimposed. He described the coup as, quote, a direct assault on the country's transition to democracy and the rule of law. The NLD party handily won elections in November, but the military's refusal to accept the results prompted worries that it would stage a takeover and arrest Suu Kyi and other democratically elected leaders. The commander in chief released a statement Monday through the military owned media outlet Miawadi TV, repeating claims that there were problems with the voter rolls and expressing frustration with Myanmar's Union Election Commission, which had reported there was no evidence of voter fraud. The commission will be, quote, reconstituted, he said. The military has also sought to control the flow of information in the country. The Myanmar Times reports that access to Internet services, phone lines and TV channels were cut on Monday. Banks also shut down, citing the disruptions. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres strongly condemns the detention of Suu Kyi and other elected leaders, spokesman Stefan Dujarich said. Man, there's too many names in this. Expressing concern about the seizure of all three branches of Myanmar's government, Guterres called on the military leadership to, quote, respect the will of the people of Myanmar and adhere to democratic norms. And it goes on with more blah, 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 blah. So on Twitter this morning, an account called Major Patriot, who some people might be familiar with, he's kind of this anonymous right wing figure who usually has pretty good information. But he found an old tweet from Smartmatic talking about the election advances in Myanmar from 2017. Now, that NPR article, if you shuffled the names and made them all American and relevant to the situation in America right now, that would sound exactly like what should and could have happened and also might still happen right here in America. The election was fraudulent. The government in place right now is illegitimate. The people and the military should be standing in opposition to the illegitimate election 
and the illegitimate government. But who loves Myanmar? And who's really mad about this? Well, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and globalists everywhere. And you'll never guess this. But here's a headline from CNN on June 28th, 2018 by James Griffiths. Myanmar among worst places for human trafficking, U.S. report says. 2018. Man, that seems like it must have happened under the government that was just reelected illegitimately that the military is now deposed. That's weird. I wonder if Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden already knew the government of Myanmar that was in place when this happened. Huh. I wonder if that's possible. I wonder if Smartmatic actually is stealing elections over there, too. Isn't that strange that no matter what country you're in and no matter how bad the government is and no matter how much the people don't want that form of government, these globalist forms of government keep getting elected. And the only explanation for this is either that now everybody's racist, of course, or that they're all using the same system to run their fraudulent elections. I'll let you guess which one it is. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Come on. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. 
If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!